Hello, and welcome back to the Becoming Relentless podcast. I am your host, Eleanor McCabe. I am a TM coach, a posing coach, and I am joined by the lovely Danielle Gisenberger, <laughs> also a TM coach and posing coach. Yes, the best, actually. Oh my gosh, wait, <laughs> you're the, we're the best. The best posing coach in the world. Posing coaches. Yes. Stay tuned. Hey, just a sneak peek. Whenever y'all go to the Texas shows, we're going to have a booth and we're going to be posing people for free. Yes. Free co coaching co consultations. Consultations. And a lot more. We're going to have like a lot more stuff. Mm -hmm. Free stuff to give away. We're just going to have stuff. We'll have Becoming Relentless stuff to give away. We'll give you free posing help. We will do free coaching consultations. Mm -hmm. All of the good stuff. T-shirts. Yes. Smiles. Maybe mugs. Dude, I'm trying to... Oh, we I got love, like coffee mugs. We, are it's my on favorite. the making. Yeah. So we have a lot of exciting things coming for y'all. So if you're in Texas or if you're interested in coming to Texas, I would highly recommend it. Come check out a Texas NPC IFBB bodybuilding show. Stop by. Stop by. Come see us in person. Yeah. We would love we to hug you. you. We'd love to help you. Squeeze them cheeks. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So today, today, yeah, we have some juicy questions that we'd like to answer. We'd like to help y'all with. So we first, well, actually, I just want to thank you guys for submitting these amazing questions and for interacting with us on Instagram, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Everything means a lot to us, like the likes, the shares, the comments. The everything. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate your interaction. Yes. It, it just makes this so much more fun. Mm -hmm. So. All right, let's get into it. Uh, how would you approach telling or communicating with your current posing coach that they're maybe posing you in a way that feels wrong or in a way that's contradictory to what you've previously learned? Before I answer the question, I will say, I believe you do this too. As a posing coach, I always want the athlete and I tell them anything that I say that you've been taught otherwise or you feel is not you or feel is wrong or just like doesn't work with your body, like speak up. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I know there are so many posing coaches out there, especially since we obviously study everyone's work. I see a lot on Instagram that's taught so unbelievably wrong. I'm like, you, you're a posing coach teaching this. And it, it really, it grinds my gears. It grinds my gears. But at the same time, like people, you just got to let them like, strive and learn and be you know it's like a toddler trying to walk like there's different ways for a toddler to learn how to walk but some are gonna be wrong some are gonna be right mm -hmm. <laughs> so I always tell them like speak up but I'm gonna yeah. explain to you why my method is this way and there are gonna be like for example there's a little, one way to walk on stage like there's one way to step into your step there's you know but if you're doing a transition that's not you, not your personality, not your sass, you're, you feel like it showcases your physique poorly, mm -hmm. speak up and let the coach know. Like you're paying the person for the service. Yes. If they're not serving you the way that you want to be served, that's your job to say something. As a coach, I would never get mad. I like am open to feed that, that feedback because I want it. Yeah. It helps me get better. But if you feel like the posing coach isn't one to be respectful to take that advice or critique or just the feelings that you want to express, honestly, that's on the posing coach. <laughs> yeah. 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 100%. I think if you're feeling a little bit of discomfort bringing it up to the posing coach, that might be a dynamic that you don't want to be in anymore. 
Because like Danielle is saying, as posing coaches, we want you to tell us if anything that we're teaching you doesn't feel like you. So if you've learned a transition from a previous posing coach and now you're working with a new posing coach and they're trying to get you to do a different transition and it doesn't feel like you, but there's hesitation in bringing that up to them, that's a flag for you that maybe this isn't a right fit either. And as posing coaches, like we're never going to be upset. I'm not upset if somebody says, yeah, that I don't like that transition or I don't like that arm sass. I don't like the way that we're hitting this pose. To me, that's fun. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's find a new way. Let's find your best way of showcasing your physique and making this transition better for you. Um, it's a challenge for me. And I think it's fun. And I think, yeah, you would think it's fun as well. I will say too, if you're an athlete picking a posing coach, make sure the posing coaches athletes are not having the same routine. Like every person they pose should not have the same routine. And if they do, well, you can guess what kind of routine you're going to have to. <laughs> right. You know, so make sure that there's variety within their athletes work. I think that's a really great point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're hiring your posing coach based off of their posing, that's, right. to me, that's not a good reason yeah. to hire them. You need to look at how they're posing their athletes. What do their athletes say about their posing? How do they feel about them? Are they posting them constantly? Are they showcasing their like their athletes and their individual posing routines? Like Dee was saying, if they all look the same, well, then you already know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah, you know what you're going to look And like. if that's what you want, okay, but it could be better. <laughs> yeah, it could be way better, especially because when a posing routine is boring, it should be simple, but it doesn't have to be boring. Yeah. Then... You just know what you're getting. I agree. Great question. Yes. Another question that we had was if they're feeling frustrated over lack of progress or they feel like their progress has been slow, how do they bring that up to the coach? Or is that yes. something that they bring up to the coach? Absolutely bring it up. Anything that you're concerned about, again, you're paying for the service. If you're not happy with the service, you're going to say something. If you're going to the nail salon... And for like, they're doing your nails and homie chips off a whole nail. She, she's like, you get one whole nail chipped <laughs> off. You're just going to walk out with a chip nail. <laughs> like, no, you're going to say something. Say something to the coach. You're paying mm -hmm. for the service, right? Yeah. And I will say, if your progress is slow, if any of my athletes' progress are slow, either A, they're not hitting their stuff. B, you're being lazy with your training. And it's usually Airbnb. <laughs> so, or, the, or there's, there's, there's like rare, hormones. There could be right. hormone issues. But at that point, if you're training your absolute hardest, you will see progress, especially when you're joining a, a new coach. If you are hitting your stuff, you will see progress. There is no reason why you should not be seeing progress. And if you have hormone issues that are going to stall your progress a little bit, you should still see progress happening. I do believe that athletes that ask this or I don't know who asked this question. It was anonymous. I don't know who asked it. Okay. <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> Athletes that ask most of the time questions on if they should be making more progress or how their progress is going, mm -hmm. either for one, they always want validation from the coach. Because I have athletes who ask that too. They're like, so after I give them feedback in their check-in, so are you happy with how I'm looking? You're happy with my progress so far? Or am I progressing fast enough? If you're asking those questions, I know you're not hitting your stuff 100%. And whether that means you're not hitting your food 100% or you're having snacks here and there like extra bites or you're not training 100%, I know for a fact just by that question you're not. Because if you were, you wouldn't be asking that question. You wouldn't be questioning your progress. Yeah, I could not agree more. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I think that that's the truth. Like 
the more that an athlete is asking me for validation every check-in, the more I'm like, you're not on plan. I hate that. Because if you're on plan, to me, so I guess I'll just use myself as an example. Every day that I stack that is like a perfect day that I hit my protocols builds confidence within me. And so I move throughout my day, throughout my preps, throughout my life with this self-belief and confidence that I'm hitting everything. Because when I don't hit things, um, then that self-belief is like, oh, like I'm not on it. And then I do find myself being like, well, like, how do I look today? Like it, it just starts snowballing. And so if you can continue to build that confidence, you won't need external validation from your coach because you already know that you're hitting everything. And as coaches, if your progress was slow and it's not what we envisioned, we would make changes to the plan or we would make adjustments to continue that progress. Or we mm. would ask you, you know, yes. to, to try and troubleshoot. But like you asking us the question kind of indicates to us that, okay, you're probably not following plan. <laughs> mm -hmm. I absolutely hate when an athlete, and I don't care if like my athletes watch this and know this, if you ask me how your progress is in terms of if it's fast enough, I hate that question. <laughs> I hate it. Triggered. And I'll answer it. <laughs> She's like, ma'am. No, <laughs> because ex that's exactly what I'm saying. Because I know the athletes that do ask that question and I, I expect it from them because I know they only go 80% in their protocols. That's also a reason why if you're one of those athletes that only give 80%, your protocols are much harder than they need to be only because I know for a fact you're only hitting your macros 80% of the time. Therefore, right. those th I'm leaving 20% of you cheating. Therefore, your macros are going to be here because 20% is off. <laughs> and I know that because I know the athlete that you are. Yes. It's the same sort of thing with like free meals, mm -hmm. cheat meals. As soon as an athlete asks me, when am I going to get a free meal? I have to fight the urge to be like, well, you've been taking them. So I'm not going to program them in. Yeah. I, ooh, I have to fight the urge so bad. I'm like, we should do a coach. You know, like take a deep coaches breath. <laughs> grind, grind our gears. Oh, we should. We'll do that. We'll do like a what Next grinds week. our gears. And I'm not saying this out of like, I don't know, like malice. No, or, it's you all know, client. like it, it's it all kind truth. of makes me laugh. But it's just if you have to ask, when am I going to get a free meal? More than likely, I know that you've and been taking free meals. Yes. And I agree. <laughs> if you're five months in, a year in, and you haven't had one, you're struggling mentally with food. If you're ever struggling with, with food, mentally with food and you believe that having a meal throughout your week is going to help you with your mindset, like absolutely ask, but state that it's going to help your mindset. Don't just ask because boyfriend's having pizza every Friday right. and you are having pizza every Friday, but he also gets free meal on Saturday. And you're struggling because you can't have that free meal Saturday. <laughs> right. You brought up a really good point right there. And I had a thought enter my mind and then it kind of exited. Boyfriend having pizza on Friday? Oh, it was the time frame, like a year. So, mm -hmm. so for example, like you may not be a prep athlete. You might just be like general lifestyle. But if you came to me and you said that your goal was to lose weight, like, or improve your body composition, or let's say you're like really overweight, you want to lose weight why are you asking me for free meals? If your goal is to lose weight and you've been eating however you want for the majority of your life and then you hire me, so you're investing money in me and my plan, you need to trust the plan and trust that when it's time for you to get a free meal, you will. But let's try consistency in your diet for a long span of time and just see where that gets you. Like, mm -hmm. like, just ask yourself, what if I went all in on this plan instead of thinking about when's my next free meal? I want to add to that too. So I have one athlete, great human. She, 
asked, so two things. She checks in and her carbs are at 200. They're, they're like 215. And I she was struggling mentally to hit her car. Well, she's struggling to hit her carbs. And I, mm-hmm. I know for a fact it's because she mentally didn't think that she, her physique could handle over 200 carbs. Mm-hmm. Based off like just her Calm. past, I knew. So I asked her, I was like, you're not struggling to hit your carbs or struggling mentally to allow yourself to hit your carbs. And that's exactly what it was. So we had to talk about how whether it's 190 or 210, mm-hmm. that's a 20 carb difference. It doesn't, like, it is going to show over time. I'm not saying, like, um, what I'm trying to say is 200, a set number isn't going to be the make or break. Right. Right. If your carbs are at 190 and you continually hit 220 time over time over time, like, of course, you're going to see a difference because it's a little bit. But just because you're over 200 grams of carbs doesn't mean that you're automatically going to gain body fat. Yeah. Right. So, Next week, she she checks in and she's struggling because she's having bites of food throughout the week. If you <laughs> are an athlete who believes if you hit over 2,000 calories or 200 carbs a day, you're going to gain body fat, yet you're struggling to hit your protocols because you're biting off a little snacks throughout the week. You're the only reason, the only reason why you're not progressing is because of those bites, not because the carbs are at 200, not because it's 2,000 calories. An athlete can lose weight no matter if you're stubborn body fat, you think that it's like you can't do it. Like you can lose weight hitting a higher amount of food, mm-hmm. but you have to hit your crap. You have to train hard. You can't just cheat here and there and have small bites throughout the week. Yeah, I agree. There's this weird mindset that I see in fitness that tries to take everything to the extreme. And then I think people use that as an excuse because they're like, oh, well, Like, I can't do the all or nothing, so let me just have little bites here and there because of balance. Like, I think that there's something to be said for being able to hit your protocols through the week and not be, like, tempted with bites and stuff, but also knowing that, like, hey, hitting 210 grams of carbs every single day isn't going to result in the weight gain. It's actually, like, the little bites, like you're Mm -hmm. saying, that add up over time. And so, and people inquire about how they want this strain physique of theirs, but they want balance at the same time. Very achievable, right? You can't spend eight weeks hitting your stuff and then have balance after you achieve your goal. Like, yes, you can. You can, you've been having balance for the last 20 years of your life. Three, well, I'm 20, so last 30 years of your life or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can invest eight weeks to hit your protocols because after you hit those, you go eight weeks hitting stuff straight on you achieve this physique that you have now we can incorporate some more balance yeah literally like give it eight weeks like you're not going to live the rest of your life tracking macros but you can do at least eight weeks tracking macros to see the progress you can make yeah i agree yeah i agree i also wanted to say like so if you're feeling frustrated over a lack of progress let's take it from a different angle did you hire a coach who knows what they're doing Like this question was submitted to me anonymously and it also kind of flags to me that maybe whoever asked this question, maybe you don't trust your coach and how are you going to work with somebody you don't trust? As soon as trust is broken in a coaching athlete relationship, as soon as you're questioning the coach, that relationship's done. I don't care if you've been lifelong friends for 20 years. I don't care if they're your best friend, your mom, your boyfriend. As soon as trust is broken within a coach athlete relationship, it's over. You need to find a new coach who you can trust because moving forward, you're not going to trust a damn thing that they do. So maybe you're feeling 
this lack of progress and you don't trust your coach, well, even if they make changes to your plan, you're going to be second guessing them the whole time. How is that productive to your goals? How is that going to help you? I will say, (laughs) and if you're, like you said, if you can't trust your coach, you're second guessing the protocols, you're not going to hit anything. Right. You're not going to give it 100%. Exactly. You're going to do the 80%. (laughs) And then you're not going to see progress. So it's kind of a vicious cycle there. Yeah. So I would kind of challenge this person. One, if you're feeling frustrated with lack of progress, bring it up to your coach, see what their response is. If you hired a coach that gave you a cookie cutter plan and they're just like, oh, keep doing it, like trust the process. And they can't give you a legitimate real answer to why they're programming what they're programming for you, then hire a new coach. Hire Danielle and I. (laughs) Shameless plug. We'll literally (laughs) educate you on everything. We'll even educate you on why they give you the way the plan that they gave you. Yeah, we can break down their plan. will or won't work. (laughs) (laughs) Send us your coach's plans. We got you. (laughs) Yeah. Send us the plan that you got that you don't trust and we'll break it down for you and we'll give you a better plan. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's free too. (laughs) That's funny. I love that. That was a really good question. That was a good question. I liked kind of addressing like all sides of it too, because I I, feel like there is multiple layers to that one. I go on a little bit of tangents. Yes. Some, some aggression. I think it's good. They need, it's truth that they need to hear. Yeah. It's passion. Uh, We did have some questions from competitors who are like fresh off of shows. And one of the questions that she asked was about body dysmorphia post-show. How do you handle it? Great question. So there's there's so many different ways to handle this. For one, if you're someone who hits things to a T, but you're just you're not struggling to hit things to a T, you're just struggling with the way you look, you have to know coming out of a show, the food is gonna look like it goes to your stomach because the body fat has to distribute and that takes time. It doesn't mean that you're getting body fat straight to your stomach. It just means you have to give your body time to be able to fill up the fat stores in other places. So like us coming out of a show, obviously glutes are lean, stomach's lean. Our food, when we eat it, digestion goes to the stomach. It doesn't go to the glutes. We don't digest food in our glutes. So it's gonna look like it's going to our stomach right at first mm-hmm. when you're hitting things to a T eventually fat is going to distribute and it's going to like your body's going to shape and reshape how you want it. If you're not adding things to a T, it's very easy for the physique because it's in a, a vulnerable state to gain fat. Now yeah. there is like a time period. It's there's no like exact time period. It's not like eight weeks and then you're like, that's you're free, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's different for everyone, but there's like v- visceral mm-hmm. fat gain. If you catch that, quicker like within the process you can mitigate it but basically it's fat that you're gaining post-show because you can't hit your stuff and you can see it a lot of times in the stomach there's a difference between looking bloated and the hardness of your stomach versus actual fat which obviously fat is squishy you can it's mostly gains at the lower and then works its way up so it really depends on if they're able to hit their stuff or not if you can follow the plan to a T post-show. Eventually, you're going to get free meals in or intuitive eating days. I do think this More is something to yeah, um, talk to your coach about is just the reverse plan. And if you're someone that's worried about hitting stuff or having this mindset of like not having the issue of binge eating and whatnot, that's yeah. when you verbalize the reverse plan to the coach and allow them to know that you do or you may have a struggle with food. So it would be beneficial to have some days of intuitive eating or 
a meal of tracking macros for the meal or things like that. You can implement a little bit of just building a healthy relationship with food. But at the end of the day, it's the same thing. You just got to hit it. Yeah. It goes back to what we were mm -hmm. talking about earlier with hitting your protocol and like building your confidence. And I think post-show, like Dee was saying, your body is going to change. You cannot stay stage lean forever. Like very few can. And so it's not even really worth talking about because we're not all like Ashley K. <laughs> like we can't all stay five pounds above stage weight. Some can. Some Robbie, can't. 50 pounds. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I mean, for real. I like 20 pounds. Like everybody's different. So, yeah. yeah. You could be 10, 20, 30 pounds above stage yeah. weight. And maybe that's where your body is healthy and your life is most sustainable it just depends on the individual, but I will say like body dysmorphia is very common, especially like with newer competitors, because you're not aware of how your body's going to gain post-show. And so it probably will go to your stomach first. I'll just say like the best things that you can do, stop body checking, stop looking at yourself in every mirror, stop lifting up your shirt to see if you're shredded and your ab veins are still there. Because as you're going through this post-show phase, it's going to change day to day, depending on like your hormones, your sodium, your water, what you're eating, how you're eating. Like if you're really stressed, let's say you're hitting your protocol, but you're really, really stressed. Like you have a really stressful day at work and you were just like gobbling your food. Well, you might make up, wake up the next day and have like massive water retention from cortisol. Like that's not because you weren't on plan or you're, somehow you're messing up. It's just life. Um, and so instead of basing how you feel about yourself off of what you look like, which is kind of what we do in prep, unfortunately. Like we measure our progress through what we look like. You need to switch away from that mindset. And post-show is more the time to celebrate strength PRs, uh, your libido coming back, your clothes fitting different, getting more curves in more places, having more energy, being able to play with your kids, being able to go on date nights with your husband. Like Focus on those things instead of like what you look like. And I will say if you can prioritize your digestion during this time, it's going to help you a ton because a lot of people don't. Yeah. They just throw it out the window. And the biggest help within body dysmorphia is prioritizing your digestion because, well, if your gut's healthy, everything else is going to glow as well, mm -hmm. including your skin. I will also point out that, like you said, it's a mind game. You just got to remove your mind from it. You just got to give your body time. Yeah. You allowed your body 20 weeks to get lean, allow your body 20 weeks to get back to feeling the most confident or yeah. 10 weeks or whatever your most confident look is. But I think it's fun gaining body fat and I think it's fun losing body fat. And if you can find enjoyment in both, like you're going to be most successful. Mm -hmm. I agree. I actually want to shout Danielle out really quick on the podcast, like in public, uh, because what she's speaking on right now, her mindset is something that I so admire. Yesterday, we were at PT together, and I know that her pro I know what her prep protocols are because we talk about it. And I was kind of like, dang, like that sounds hard. And she was like, nope, I'm chilling. Like, I'm happy. So and I knew that the reason she was answering that way was because her mindset. If she allowed herself to be like, yeah, I'm really tired or yeah, I'm really hungry. Or, yeah, they're really hard. Then we're we're almost like spiraling together into this mindset of prep is hard. Prep does not have to be hard. It's mental. It's your mindset. And she finds enjoyment in 
finding out like how fast can she strip this body fat? How lean can she get? And like the same is true in the post-show phase. Like she just said, like gaining body fat is really fun for her. Like she likes to see her body change through the different phases because she accepts it and she loves herself and she has that confidence. And so I wanted to shout her out because I noticed that mindset and I was like, ooh, I love that. Because when it's time, like when prep keeps going and it gets hard, I think what separates winners and losers is their mindset around that. When someone asks you, oh, how's prep? You have to have that mental resiliency and you have like you have to be like, it's good. I'm chilling. I'm happy. I I really appreciate (laughs) it. Thank you. I will say but like it is easy like no car like cardio isn't the most e- easiest thing to do especially when you have so much of it all you have to do is check off the box you the time's gonna pass anyway exactly. so you might as well do it if you allow your mind to think it's hard like it's gonna be hard it's gonna be but it's literally checking off the box like it, it's easy if another thing apart like part of why it's easy right now is because i don't allow things to get my energy unless it's going to serve me to move forward right mm-hmm. if my friends invite me out 9 p.m. to go dancing. Like, dude, no. I, I no. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in bed. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's easy to get your stuff done or, like, mm-hmm. eat your meals at a certain time. Like, if you, f- you just got to block it out. Like, you, I think people get enjoyment out of feeling sorry for themselves because it's so hard when it's really not. And, like, another thing, too, I was going to bring this up is I've had, well, I've had some posing athletes most of the time it's new, new competitors. And sometimes it's moms, honestly, who I'm on a call with them and I ask them how they're doing or how their prep is. Oh my God, it's so hard. I have to wake up at this time to get my cardio in and I have to pick up the kids and I have to drop them off. I don't have time for myself, X, Y, Z. What? Dude. <laughs> no, it's fun. You got uncomfortable to challenge yourself to achieve your goal. It's called living life. It's called achieving, like, no, do not complain to me about your protocols. And another thing that I want to point out is you think this is hard. There's someone else that you're going to be going against who has a way tougher schedule, way more cardio, has to get way leaner, way harder because their body just doesn't drop like you. Like your stuff isn't that hard. And the only reason why you're complaining, like the more you complain, the more you're pulling yourself away from progressing yeah. and the more resistance you have towards your protocols and your achievements. And it's just like, dude, at that point, like, what are you doing? If you complain that much about your protocols or doing that much cardio, like don't prep. And this is something that I'm really proud of my mindset right now, because in the past I would check in and during prep with Justin, I'd be like, man, hopefully he gives me a, like a high day today and I'd celebrate. And he hasn't given me one and I don't, I don't want one because I don't need one. Like my physique is fine. I have body fat. I'm fine. He raised my cardio and it's exciting. It's, it's literally exciting. Yeah. Like it, it's not, it's not this. I used to have an envious mindset towards people who were like faking the excitement. It's not excitement of like, it's just excitement to be like, okay, cool. Like now I have less energy to give to things that don't matter because that's uh, improving me a lot. So if you could just switch your mindset, like enjoy the hard stuff, like mm-hmm. on it, honestly wish for it to get harder so you can see how resilient you actually are because a lot of people aren't. Yeah. They look forward to the food. Dude, you're just, that's such a weak mindset. If you just look forward to high days or like 
refeeds, like don't prep. I think it separates people who are very serious about competing and they have serious goals within the sport and then the people who are yeah. maybe doing it for the wrong reasons, I for agree. sure. I will say too, I'm almost speaking to my past self because like I said, I used to look forward to checking in just for the high days or like mm -hmm. protocol changes or more English muffin on this meal. And it's like, dude, you're not prep. Like what you're not, your goal isn't to win. Your goal is to get another refeed. Like that's yeah. not, it's, it's such a weak mindset. And I, for me personally, it was just because it was immaturity within time. And now I'm just like, excited to have realized that I guess yeah. I think that's super important and I'm glad that you're sharing it because I I resonate with that on a level when I think back about um my own like pro card prep the prep that got me to pro status there was a lot of that mindset switch where I did not care about food cardio nothing like it was like give me the protocol and I execute I posed every single day that prep, literally every single day, every like I was so routine. I was so on it and I loved it. It gave me so much drive, so much purpose and it paid off. And just knowing that I have that power within me to be so disciplined and to focus in on a goal and then achieve it, there's, there's nothing like that high. It's so fulfilling. And that's why I think I love competing so much because it's a continuous challenge of like growth physically, mentally, emotionally. There's so much more that you can learn about yourself when you can hone in on it and be like, no, it doesn't matter. Like free meals don't matter. High days don't matter. That's not what the sport's mm -hmm. about. That's not what I compete for. Yeah. And I agree. And I will say too, obviously I'm around Justin all the time and like Justin eats like whatever he wants, literally <laughs> whenever he wants. He has like two, he, he used to have three milkshakes a day. But he only has one probably five times a week right now. <laughs> and people complain about how they have to feed their kids goldfish or like snacks or pizza or their family's going out to dinner or it's date night or it's Father's Day. Again, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't like what? Like, why are you so focused on having a meal? It's the same thing when people are like, oh, I don't want to prep through the holidays. I'm like, there's literally holidays every year, though. I've prepped you through the last three Thanksgiving. It's not even like, it's like, dude, you've, <laughs> like you're 23. Doing. You've had 23 Christmases. You're well, 40. You've had 40 Christmases. You can't take one off. Well, and the thing about that is that we're going off on a tangent, but people look at the holidays as like a month of just free festivities. Like they're yeah. like, well, I have an office Christmas party. I have Thanksgiving at my in-laws and my cousins and my aunties. And then it's so-and-so's birthday. And then it's Christmas Eve and Christmas and New Year's. All of a sudden you've had 10 free meals, 10 free days, and you wonder why the scale's up 10 pounds. The thing is on holidays too, you don't just have one meal. You have three meals and snacks on that day. And if you're like, no, we only have Christmas dinner, bro, Christmas dinner is three meals in one. Okay. <laughs> so like... <laughs> Well, it, it's just, it's so funny to me, the mindset around it, that people are not willing to just see what it's like to stay on plan through these things. You can go to your office holiday party with your Tupperware food. You can. And at the same time, if you're like, I don't want to be that person because people don't want people to ask, then just eat before, eat after. Yeah. And if you're like, I have meal times, well, like, 
eat before, eat after. I wonder if it's like, do you think people care too much about what other people think about them? I think new new competitors <laughs> new do, competitors. or they just want to be asked. But honestly, like, that's so. I used to. I I don't. Sometimes I don't like people ask. Mm-hmm. Like at family events, I hate people ask. Like, so what are you eating in this meal? They come up as I'm eating the meal. Like just. It's chicken and vegetables. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I just, it just gets on my nerves. So I usually just eat before I don't eat with people. Mm-hmm. And it, I, it makes me, it makes it so much easier. But it's also like you just don't care. Like, yeah. you don't care that Aunt Julie, that's her name, is eating like pie or like, um, yeah, Karen over there is eating like ice cream. I think that is what bothers me more. I don't care if people ask what I'm eating. I'll show them. I'll be like, oh, I'm eating this. I care more when people are like, oh, I feel really bad for eating in front of you. And I'm like, why? I'm choosing this. I don't want your slice of pie. That doesn't serve yeah. my goals. Sure. I can sm- have like, your pie next year. Yeah. I'm like, it smells good, but I could literally go to the store any day of the year and buy a pie. Yeah. Like, that's you know the what? thing. I'm gonna, literally any day of the year, you know I can go to the store and buy the food that you're eating. I'm choosing not to. Yeah. So, like, don't feel bad. Bro, like, you, okay. I know we're on a tangent. I'm going to add this one We're going off in. on tangent. I'm going to add this one in. So, I was following this girl for, she was a new competitor. I didn't follow her, though, because, like, I saw her mindset and I was like, oh, she's going to just lose everything. <laughs> no, she is. She's a new competitor. And she screenshots. She makes a list in her notes on her phone. Dates. Every day of the week. Like, 4-15 month day. Mm-hmm. Her cravings on that day. Than food she wants every single day. I'm like, this girl's so weak that you, she's sharing this online as like her journal of her um, journey. And I think she blew up because of a reel. Mm-hmm. Like she got like popular on IG for a reel. I don't know. And I was like, dude, are you serious? Like you're that weak of a human to focus on only your cravings and write this down every single day. Well, it like, just perpetuates. Why are you competing? Like, yeah. what are you doing? That makes no fucking sense. It drives me nuts. Like, I want to literally ask them right here, like, so why did you choose this? And if it's to, like, get uncomfortable, challenge yourself, like, you're not challenging yourself at all. Mm -hmm. You're asking to fail. The more attention and energy that you're giving to those things that are not serving your goal, the more you're taking away from your goal. I noticed like when I was a newer competitor and my food focus was high, my Instagram algorithm was literally all recipes Mm -hmm. and all food and all like desserts and shit. And like I'll still get them once in a while. But back then I would do the same thing where I would like screenshot things or I'd repost it. And you're just – Have a saved album. Yes. At that point, you're just – you're setting yourself up for extreme failure post-show because you're going to have all these things saved, all these things written down, and you're going to want it. And I've been there. Like, I've definitely been there, so I understand. But the like you're saying, the mindset is just weak mm-hmm. because you're focusing on food. Instead of focusing on what can I do today to be better? How can I improve my training? How can I improve my posing? Mm-hmm. How can I get two seconds faster in cardio? That's, Instead, you're looking at cookies. I agree, and that's why, like— <laughs> I, I well for one I unfollowed all those pages and I for like I just like stopped making macro. Uh, it's probably been a year, but I stopped making macro friendly anything because it's like, dude, you're gonna make macro friendly cake. Just wait five months and actually have real cake and hit I don't know both gains, but I I just think it like it's a weak mindset that you're choosing to have. Like at the end of the day, 
And food doesn't matter like that. Like yeah. it doesn't. Food is always going to be there. Always. It's, yeah, it's just. You can go to the store right now and find any food that you're craving. But when you're on a contest prep, you're choosing to contest prep. Don't focus on the food. It's literally there. Anytime. I just don't get it. <laughs> but like I'm saying this out of a place of like I understand because for the last how many seven shows except for this one, like I've definitely been more food focused than ever. Like I'm not food focused anymore, but I will say like I used to be a very food focused person. And obviously I lived with Cess and them for the like past shows. Like I was super food focused all the time. Um, and then I would do like with Justin. I would like uh, obviously be around him and I'd think about the food and everything like that. Now, like, it's just, I don't, it's just time, like just realizing what's important and eventually you get tired of losing. <laughs> and at this point, I'm just so tired of losing. So, yeah. Yeah. It does take time and experience, but hopefully if you guys are listening to this and you're not like extremely offended, you can be offended. walk away with and if you are offended, be offended. Like, it's a good thing to be offended. I used to a, hate that. that yeah, probably because it, it's a little. It's true. offensive because you're uncomfortable that someone's better calling than you, you or out. calling you out. <laughs> yeah, and that's a good thing. Be uncomfortable. Be offended. <laughs> be uncomfortable. Be offended. I like it. Yeah. We should put that on a shirt. <laughs> we will. <laughs> Just to go off of that, one more question. Somebody said yes or no. Gummy bears during your workout. <laughs> <laughs> maybe gummy bear flavored laugh. Gatorade <laughs> no yeah honestly no are you having dude if you want candy like cool like track it eat it whatever but like do, you don't need like have it later and don't have it during your training session drink a Gatorade when you are training you should be going so fucking hard that the thought of food nauseates you it's if you can eat food during your training session you're not training and it's also the only reason why you're wanting gummy the only reason why you're eating during your training session is because you wish you could have this food mentally you wish you could allow yourself to have this food anytime outside of that area throughout the day but you can't because you think it's going to ruin your progress so you choose to have it during your training session because it's higher in sugar so it's going to be okay right no yeah, that's an emotional tie to food that you yeah. should investigate and cut ties with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no gummy bears during training. No candy during training. If you want gummy bears, cool. Have a have gummy bears later in the day. And that's the thing. Like, yes, like we're so hardcore on like obviously in prep, like hit your stuff. Like you don't need to have gummy bears during prep. It's doing nothing. If you're a lifestyle athlete or in an off season, we're not saying you can't have cake. And still achieve your goals. Like by all means, eat the cake. You're in off season. By all means, have gummy bears at 10 p.m. at night and go to like do what you want to do. Just train hard. But during a prep setting, if you're thinking about how much you want cake all the time, you're just holding yourself back. Yep, I agree. No cake for contest prep. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you have any questions that you want to answer? Mm -mm. I do want to do a podcast on off-season mindset versus prep mindset because, like I mm -hmm. said, like I went so gun ho on hitting your stuff and like blocking out the food if you're or just whatever right now. Yeah, but in an off-season, I I have I intuitive eat mm -hmm. after the reverse phase. Like I I go at least like two months. Well, this time of intuitive eating, and like of course, like I definitely have milkshakes when I want. Not all the yeah. time because, like, I, I can't handle that. <laughs> Dude, like, I, I would absolutely love to hear your yeah. mindset around, yeah. like, 
the contest prep in the off season. It's very, I think it'd be I think that'd yeah. be a really great podcast. It would be very good for body dysmorphia people as well because addressing yeah. I used to struggle with that too. Like I think I'd have like a free meal and then like, dude, it's like if I have too many, it's gonna go all to my stomach. I'm gonna lose my gains or like leanness. But I've realized too, let me add this in. I went so I had mental like a lot of mental health issues, mental whatever. January through May, April through April. April I could feel my I knew my eating disorder was coming back mm-hmm. when I was in Vegas. Like the thoughts that I had towards food just were not good. And I also wasn't eating to fill my body. I was eating what I wanted when I wanted, but then I wouldn't eat certain parts of the day to see how long I could fast to not gain weight kind of thing. So I, I had like a lot of eating disorder, t- eating disorder tendencies and thoughts and the way I ate. When I started feeling my body to train hard, to like actually feeling my body and like eating to make gain growth and muscle and gains i freaking loved my physique and i'm not like the the reasoning for the mental health like that's a separate thing but if you can feel your body and actually eat for your progress i'm not just saying eating like clean all the time i'm saying you can have burgers and free meals and eat on plan at the same time and have all this stuff and train really hard and make just as much progress it's so I would love to do a podcast on that because I could go on a tangent. Dude, let's do it. Yeah. All right. So you guys got a little sneak peek of next week's podcast. But for now, I think we're good to wrap up. Uh, we appreciate y'all listening in. I hope that you gained some value from this and that you feel more relentless than when you arrived. And we will catch you on the next one. All love. Peace. I hope y'all really enjoyed the podcast today, leaving it feeling more relentless than ever. But we have a few things that we would love to ask of you. So I'm going to give this over to Noah. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you could, I know that this is your new favorite podcast. Mm -hmm. Please leave a five-star rating and review. Leave any comments and questions below. And make sure that you're sharing across social media so that all of your friends get to listen to the greatest podcast on earth. And if you have any questions about any topics that we talk about or anything at all, fitness, competing related, anything, we comment, we'll hit you back up um, Instagram or in the podcast under if the comment box is there, then we will definitely answer your questions and help you out as best as we can. Absolutely. So leave those five-star reviews, let us know, and we'll talk to you all again soon. Have a relentless day. Bye. Bye.